Hi, I'm Josh McDonald. And I'm Randa Materi, and we are Ham Therapy Academy. We're going to talk about some tips and tricks we have found over the years for working with kiddos, uh, working with a pediatric patient. You may not get a ton of them walking in, but when they do, we should do things differently with kids than we do with adults. They're not just smaller people, whole different kind of dynamic to them. So we're going to talk about some of the things we've learned about how to deal with kiddos. Yeah, and I would say for this topic, I know Josh has spent a lot of his career in pediatrics. Um, so I think based on all of your knowledge and information, you should be the captain of this ship. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about a couple of the things that um, that when I have a kid walk in, let's assume it's, they're walking in for a typical hand therapy kind of diagnosis. Maybe they have a, uh, a small finger fracture, fifth metacarpal fracture. Let's just take that for an example. When I do an initial intake, I have to start from a different place. I'm really dealing with two different people in this dynamic. It's not just the patient, it's their parents too. And so I have to know that I have to get trust from two different people in this situation. I can't just jump in and start doing my thing. I have to establish some rapport with the kids so that they trust me, but with the parents so that they know that they can trust my knowledge and my comfort level working with kids. And it's fake it till you make it kind of, but it's, you've got to be comfortable with taking it to a kid level because their psychology is entirely different. It's not just, I'm making everything scale down in size, but they're not going to tolerate hot thermoplastic. They're not going to tolerate or understand goniometry and the same sensory testing and all that. So I may have to vary up how I'm doing some of that just to even get rapport with the patients. Yeah. So if you do have a kiddo, what is, what are some of your favorite tips for building the rapport with specifically ch the child? So a lot of times when we, uh, if it's a, if it's a little bit younger one, let's say like seven or under, I'll bring something out for them to do while we're talking me and the mom and the parent and asking them questions about the injury or what happened. But I'm asking the kid the questions at the same time. I'm establishing a connection with them by saying, how'd you hurt yourself? Fell off my skateboard. Okay, do you know what happened? Yeah, I broke my hand. Asking mom, where did they break? So involving both of them in the conversation gets that kid way more involved. And I just scale that according to the developmental level. If I'm I'm not expecting a lot of accuracy of reporting with a four-year-old, but I'm still asking them, like, how'd you hurt yourself? But maybe I've given them something age appropriate so they're motivated and drawn in and not sitting across from me at a table that's at their nose level and they feel disconnected from everything happening. Yeah, so I think you brought up some interesting things about like the table height and things like that. Um, and one thing I think I've learned from you over the years is making sure you have a spot that's for kids, right? Like you yeah. can't expect them to be sitting at your treatment table. Yeah, yeah. So I have a little table and chair in a separate room. If they're little, little ones, if we're making a splint, we'll go out to the splint pan. I have one of those uh, foam uh, rectangles that like PTs will use to stand on. That's our booster seat. We stack two if we need to, if I need a little higher, I'll go around the other side of the table, lower my stool all the way down. So we're at eye level with each other when I'm making a splint or I'm on the floor with them playing in that room. If you don't have a room, just move your table out of the way and sit on the floor with them. They're fine with sitting on the floor. We can be too. So bonding with them, not making them fit our adult world. Yeah. And I think that can be like a rug, right? Like in one of my clinics, we just have like a fun rug that we put down, you know, that the kid can like help me with. We might do something like that. Yeah. Yeah. We had, we bought off of a uh, like Facebook marketplace, one of these uh, accordion fold mats. It's like six by four to put on the ground at our new clinic. So 
just somewhere that's dedicated that's like, okay, let's go back to the kids spot where we've got some toys and stuff to do, makes them feel like it's intentional and they're not just like an accidental thing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, right. so talking about like um, initial eval stuff, understanding goniometry, if you work in pediatrics, like developmental kind of pediatrics, you rarely pull out a goniometer. And that's probably going to be the case with most of our little, little kids here. It just doesn't really work to ask them to do goniometry measurements. You're doing a lot more like line of sight stuff. It's great if you can, but you've got to be quick with that. If you've got a three-year-old with, let's say, a hypoplastic thumb and they just had surgery on, you're trying to get that abduction measurement, or if they have a broken or a burn on their hand or something, you're trying to get progress measurements, you've got to be really quick with that because you have... You don't have their attention to sit while you're lining up, lining up, lining up, but get proficient with that and know that they can get used to that. We just don't want that to be the first interaction because everyone, every medical professional that walks into the room is cold and quick and establish a rapport. And they're going to be way more likely to interact with you and let you kind of take a couple of, Hey, can I see your hand for a sec? Show me your hand. You tell me what's going on with your hand and engaging them in that process. Then they will be a little bit more tolerant to that goniometry or scar assessment or those kind of things. Yeah. So we were talking a little bit about scar and I think this is where it's hard for me with the pediatric patients is when I get ordered for these young kids for scar massage. Yeah. Right. And what young kids going to hold still when the area is sensitive, they've had lots of surgery on it. Um, how do you handle those? How do you get the kid to sit through scar massage or, or what are some things that you're doing to. Yeah. I, I teach scar massage to parents and students and all that very differently for kids. It's not gonna be sit down for five minutes and work on their scar. No little kid's gonna tolerate that. A 10 year old more so you can kind of take a cognitive approach and say, listen, this kind of stinks, but bear with it and we'll be better off in the long run. A three-year-old, I've seen a a series of three-year-olds with different hand burn injuries. And I tell parents, if you get five seconds of them tolerating contact to that scar, that's a win. And then you try to get seven seconds and then you try to get 20 seconds. And you're just kind of making it real nonchalant in passing. You're doing something else. You're playing some other game. You're building blocks or whatever. And every once in a while, you just reach down to that hand and just work around in a little bit. It doesn't have to be with a pencil eraser or dice or cross friction. Or we're just, I tell patients, we're just scooching it around in there, breaking that scar tissue up a little bit. And so I'll tell parents, don't feel defeated if you went to do scar massage and you only got a 20 second, a 30 second and a 10 second interaction because that's more than you got if you did nothing. But next time, try to build on that. Try to build on their tolerance to that and say, hey, can I see your hand for a sec? And if they're just being a squirrely kid that's being oppositional, say, nope, okay. And then five minutes later, you just reach down and kind of subtly do that while they're distracted over here with something else. Mm -hmm. And you try to slide that in subtly. And I'll say, I'd rather you have 130 second interactions during the day then one fight for five minutes and they hate it. That creates a negative connotation about that hand. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good tip. Also, I've um, had people do it when their kids are sleeping or they mm-hmm. fell asleep in their car seat on the way going somewhere. And then the, the mom can or dad can just sit back there with the parent and do a little quick massage. I think you just find these little times uh, yeah. that work for everyone. Bath time is another good option. If they're in that bath, they're very cool, uh, um, very calm. Warm water kind of softens the scar. You can do both hands at the same time. So we're not isolating that one only. Uh, can be a good way to kind of decompress the anxiety about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have them massage your hand. Mm-hmm. Take turns with it. Have lotion. Yeah. Make it this. Make it a fun thing for them. Yeah. 
Another thing that is helpful for patients who have maybe like a more long-term thing, like a burn injury, a fracture where you're done in six or eight weeks, maybe not as much, but if it's going to be a longer term thing, I teach parents to not refer to that hand with negative connotation, your hurt hand, your owie hand. I say, if this is for a while, we're going to be dealing with this, call it strong hand, call it pretty hand, call it good hand, give it a positive connotation. And I've had, it as much changes the mindset of the parents as it does the kid. If they say, oh, do that with strong hand, that gets them thinking, okay, this is a positive thing. And the power of that verbiage, feeding time after feeding time and play time after play time, if it's a positive thing, they're more likely to want to use it. And then the parents aren't constantly thinking of this hand as hurt or injured or owie or bad hand or whatever. Changing the mindset for everybody is a helpful thing. No, what a fantastic tip. Yeah, good. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, I used that when I had kids with hemiparesis, and that hand was going to be injured and non-dominant and affected for a long time, but it gets them out of that negative mindset of it. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah. Um, the other thing, splinting, um, just real quick on splinting, know that our stretch and tag is not probably the best approach with some of these little, little ones. They don't understand the difference between hot and warm. And so anything that feels warm, a kid is going to have a retract and pull back away from and an ow response to because at two, when they have that fracture, they don't understand that this is okay, that it's just warm. So I'll take a scrap piece, put it in, take it out, say, here, hold on to this. And I show them, it's, look, it started hard. Now it's floppy. Hang on to this. It kind of feels, and I'll wrap it around their other hand, wrap it around their doll's hand and wrap it around my hand, show them that it's okay. We'll go through that for five or eight minutes or something and then say, I'm going to do another one for that hand. They don't always buy into it because they don't want that hand messed with by another medical professional, but at least they understand it's going to be okay. But when I'm working with that hand, I still may only get 30 seconds of time on that patient's hand. So I usually use Taylor Splint instead of our Aquaplast or Prism or one of those. Taylor Splint has different properties to it and I can get it the base shape then take it off 30 seconds later and modify it off the patient because it's no longer drapeable. It gets back to its rigidity, still workable, but it doesn't drape and move. So I give them exposure to it ahead of time so they understand it's warm, but it's not painful. And then I use a different material on them just so it's I can work with it and then fit it back on and take it on and off and on and off while it's cooling down, but still malleable. Yeah, great tip. Yeah. yeah. All right. You may not get a ton of kids coming into your clinic, but if you do, hopefully this helps and you kind of have an idea of how to work with them as kids, not just little adults. Perfect. All right. For more information, you can check out our website, um, handtherapyacademy.com or send us an email info at handtherapyacademy.com.